As you know, we have been talking about for several weeks, and Pastor Bradley brought an amazing message. Pastor Brent preached for a couple of two, uh, two weeks. Before those guys came and started to teach, I was talking about the culture that is among us. And if any of you remember that, we talked about there. there's a lot of different cultures. But the culture that is in this place that is changing your life is not a culture of this world. It's not a culture that was created by man. It wasn't hundreds of years of doing the same thing over and over that has created the culture that I want to talk to you about today. Now, I want to talk to you about a culture that was created about 2,000 years ago by the man that we know as God Almighty through Jesus Christ, his son. You see, he created a culture that is not of this world, but it is a culture that we have just started calling around here the kingdom culture. And the kingdom culture is really and truly just about as opposite as our normal culture as you can get. And so what I want to do is I just want to lay the groundwork for some kingdom culture conversation here today. I want to read you a story out of the book of Acts. I've been doing a lot of studying out of the book of Acts. And so I'm going to be in Acts 3 and just a little bit in Acts 4 this morning for our time. And I want to just lay the groundwork by letting you know there's a guy by the name of Peter that God used in unbelievable ways in this book of Acts. And so in Acts chapter 3, where I'm going to sort of start off, is we have an account where literally, I believe God started his culture, the kingdom culture started here in Acts chapter 3, what I'm getting ready to tell you the story of. you got to understand something. Jesus walked this earth. Jesus walked this earth. He then died, right? We all know this. He died and then he ascended into heaven. Okay, so let's understand something here. God was using Jesus. The power of God was upon Jesus when he died and when he rose from the dead and when he ascended into heaven, God was using the power of the Holy Spirit through his son, Jesus Christ. All right. Now, where we're getting ready to go today is what I believe, and there may be some scholars in here who want to maybe talk about this later, but what I believe happens here in Acts chapter 3 is the first time that the power of God was used through a man just like me and you. I believe it was God establishing his new culture here on this earth. And so we could say that this may be the birth of the kingdom culture here in Acts chapter 3. But because all before Acts chapter 3, God was using the Holy Spirit to move through Jesus. Now that Jesus has been resurrected and ascended into heaven, Jesus is no longer on this earth. But the Holy Spirit of God is now, from I believe this point on, indwelling himself into men and women just like me and you. Guys, that's exciting. I don't know about you. Like, uh-uh. That's why we're in the state we're in, church. I, I'm just going to be real. I, Brad, Pastor Bradley said, Scott, you took it too easy on them in the first service. <laughs> well, I just turned it up a little bit to the right, okay? So you're going to maybe get the full brunt of it. I don't know. I'm going to try to do it in grace and love. But anyway, listen. The Holy Spirit is indwelling men and women just like me and you. 
Now, guys, I don't know about you, and obviously by the first reaction, that doesn't get you too excited. But can I tell you something? That excites me. You see, what Peter is doing here is he is getting ready to walk upon a man who is lame. He is messed up. He is sick. And Peter doesn't really know what to do. But I believe in just one minute, I believe there was a specific moment right before Peter walked up to this lame man that he had a flashback. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. I remember the time that Jesus was saying and Jesus was praying. And I want to take you back to where I think he flashed back to. So for just a second, let me turn into Matthew chapter 10. Um, Can you guys go there with me so I'm not the only one turning into Matthew chapter 10? Because sometimes it takes me a little while to get there in my Bible. I got a new Bible and the pages are really stiff. And it's just weird turning these pages. But I'll get there eventually. I go to 10 to 14 to 13. I'll get it. Thanks for going there with me. You guys are just sort of involved in my conversation here. Thanks. You see, I think that there was a moment in time where Peter was getting ready to encounter this man. He saw this crippled beggar, and he didn't really know what to do. But then in an instant, he was taken back here to Matthew chapter 10, and he remembered the words of Jesus. And here's what Jesus was saying. And if you're in Matthew chapter 10, I'm going to go down to about the middle of verse 7. And he told them, his disciples, he said, and you go proclaiming this as you go saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then verse eight is when Peter says, aha. Oh yeah, I remember when Jesus told me to do these things. Listen to what he said. He said is in verse eight, Matthew chapter 10, verse eight, you can take these words to the bank. In Matthew 10, eight, he says this, heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain, give without pay. Look at verse nine. This one's not gonna appear on the screen, but I think this is adequate for where we're getting ready to go. He says this, acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts. All right, now let's turn back to Acts chapter three. And I'm just gonna show you where we're at here. Peter and John are going up to the temple to pray. They encounter a man who is lame, He is basically, he can't walk, he can't move, he can't do anything for himself. And Peter sees him. You guys have seen people just like this, haven't you? You know when they're coming to you, don't you? In the parking lot at Walmart. You know at McDonald's when they're coming to you. You know when you're filling up your gas tank, they're coming to you, don't you? We just have this ability to understand this. Peter had the same encounter. He knew that that man was getting ready to ask him for something. But now because Peter has flashed back to the words of Jesus, he is equipped and ready to go into conversation with this lame beggar. And so he encounters him. And what does the lame beggar ask for, do you think? Just let's participate here this morning. What do you think he asked him for? He asked him for money. And do you see how Peter responds? Peter used the very words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 10. He said, hey, I don't know if this guy had a name. Hey, Bob, I don't have any silver or gold. I didn't, I wasn't told by Jesus to take up any offerings. Remember in Matthew 10, he said, don't take up any silver or gold or copper for your belts. Peter literally was not lying in this case. Peter did not have any silver or gold. 
But Peter said to him, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Scott, why are you telling me this story? We've heard this story in church a thousand times. Didn't you just preach on this a few weeks ago? Yes, I did, but I'm going to come at it from a different perspective. I just wanted to set the groundwork because as the culture of God, the kingdom culture is among us, And because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in this very room right now through you, his people, there is automatically an antagonist to God's culture that is in this room right now. You see, there is a culture not of God, not of his presence, not of his kingdom, but there is a culture of of self And there is a culture that has paraded around in our churches for way too long. There is a culture that has decorated itself. It has made itself look acceptable and pleasing in man's sight. But I can tell you that the culture of religion is sickening to our God. And so we have a culture of the kingdom coming headlong, clashing into the culture of religion. But I can tell you, you can tell the two cultures, you can distinctly tell the difference in no time flat. I'm not going to spend much more time on the culture of the kingdom this morning because as you continue to put yourself in God's presence, he is revealing what his culture smells like, feels like, tastes like, sounds like to you. And you, because the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you understand that this is the culture of my Father. Real quick, I want to say one thing about the kingdom culture. You see, Peter and John put it on full display right there. The culture of the kingdom is one of generosity. It is one that just loves to lavish people with generosity. And I'm not talking about financial gifts. But in the kingdom culture, you will find God's people wanting more for the people around them. You will find that God's children will long to elevate and exalt the people around them. You will see that in the culture of God that he has set, I will want more for you than you literally want for yourself. I will want to see you receive praise. I will want to see you get the credit. I will want to see you lifted high and your name praised long before my name is ever praised. You see, that is how the culture of God operates. It's not about me, but it's about you getting more of him than you've ever wanted before. That is what the kingdom culture is about. So that's what Peter and John did. They say, hey, I don't have anything to give you. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. You see, Peter and John were operating in the culture of God. And they knew that this lame man could do nothing for himself. And so they just did what any child of God does. And they gave him They gave him everything that he needed. And from that moment on, this lame man moved, he lived, he walked, 
and his life was never the same. Hey, listen, those of us who have been in the church for a long time, who love Jesus, who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, can I just tell you something? There may be a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a husband or a wife, or even a child that is in your life that doesn't need God to manifest and show up. He's wanting to use you because you carry around his power and he's just waiting on you to give it the power to someone that'll change their life. And so what I'm asking of you, church, what are you waiting for? God is manifesting himself through you, through the Holy Spirit, and he's just asking. In my culture, we're about giving it away. I have something that's going to pop up on the screen here, and it's just this, just so you can remember. The kingdom culture, it's always about giving away, and it's not afraid to distribute its power. We know that the power source is not Hope City. We know the power source is not Pastor Scott. We know the power source power source is God Almighty through his Holy Spirit. And we are not afraid to empower anyone who's willing to go and give God to every person. We're just not afraid of it. We're not afraid of giving our very best people that are a part of this church. He's raising people up to do amazing things in the kingdom. How dare we think that we're here to hoard them and keep them to ourselves? No, we're here to raise them up, see the power of God work in them, and send them to all corners of the earth. It's not afraid to give away and to distribute. That's the kingdom of God. But you see, on the other hand, we have a battle. And there is a battle that is raging. And I I try to put it as nicely as I can. It is basically a culture of self. And the culture of self has somehow, I don't know how, if I knew the answer, I would stop it immediately. But somehow the culture of self has creeped its way into God's church. And the culture of self tells me not that I'm willing to distribute and give it away. The culture of self says that I'm going to keep it my way. I'm going to keep it for me. And I am going to just see how much I can consume and how much I can take in. And you see, it sounds a lot nicer when we say it's the culture of self. But when it has crept into God's church, it has then become a culture of religion. A culture of religion is divided and it builds a wall. And some of us in this very room, I know, we have walls built up because we build walls because we think walls keep us safe. We keep walls in our life. We keep walls in our relationship with Jesus We build these walls, what we think is to protect us, but in all reality, those walls are doing nothing but paralyzing us. Those walls that we have allowed to be built up, what we think are doing us good are actually harming us. We're trying to protect, and we're trying to keep things explainable, We're trying, in the name of God, we're trying to keep things under our control. 
Because if something happens that we can't explain, if something happens that is way out of our control, then the, then the power and the light and, and the recognition is no longer on me, but it is on something or someone else. And if it is happening on the other side of this wall, then I don't want any part of it. And so I build my wall higher. All in the name of protection. But all the while it's destroying us. And you see, that's what the kingdom of religion, this culture of religion is doing in our midst. Can I just tell you, I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm, I'm just okay with not being able to give you all the answers. I know that God has called us to the entire southeastern part of the United States of America. We're also going to Haiti. I don't know how all this is coming. I don't know how it's all going to be paid for. But he has shown me that there is bondage of religion And it has a stranglehold on many Christians' lives because we just happen to be born in the southeastern part of the United States. And a relationship with Jesus is no more than just dressing up for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning and making sure that other people see your face at church. That is what religion has become for us here in the southeast. And I don't know why he has chosen us, but he has asked us to take the message of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit, to the entire southeastern part of the United States. And guys, I don't even have a clue what we do first. But I don't have a wall. See, about three years ago, God filled me with his Holy Spirit and my wall went down. Oh, listen to what happened though. Like I started to see things like I'd never seen them before. I started to see things that I couldn't explain. Listen, I started seeing people other than preachers and ministers do amazing things in the name of Jesus. I saw normal people, just like many of you, lay hands on people and people got healed. And I started to see things that I could not explain once my wall went down. But listen, here's what else I started to see. I started to see people. Like, and love people. People who didn't look like me. Like, I started looking at people without tattoos and thought, man, those guys aren't as weird as I thought they were. I mean, that's what I think about people with not tattoos. I mean, you guys are, like, clean. But I started to ask God to give me spiritual eyes so I could see you as God sees you and not immediately snap to judgment. I'm good at that. Pastor Brent and I have had a lot of conversations about that. I started to see that you are lovable. And I started to look past your past. And God started saying things to me like, Scott, hey, it's not their past that's holding them back. Their past is never going to affect their future. It is only going to benefit their future. See, so many times that we have the wall built up and we think, oh, you did that, well, then you're done. But if our wall comes down, we see that that was done. And because God is good, he uses it to fuel my future. That's the things I started to see. Because the wall of religion, and basically at the core of it, is self. The core of Scott 
was building my wall higher and you weren't getting on my side of the wall. I was protected. And everything that God gave me, I was just hoarding over here. Too bad for you. If God wanted you to have it, he would have given it to you. What happens, church, under the power of the Holy Spirit, when God gives to us to distribute it to everyone else? You want to talk about a world-changing event? That, when the church full of the Holy Spirit rises up, we're going to see all kinds of needs being taken care of in the name of Jesus. I figure I can maybe reach 15 to 20 people personally in the name of Jesus this year. That I can spend enough time with you. You're lost and I spend enough time with you and I share what God's doing in my life. I can maybe on my best day do 10 to 15 all year. That's almost one a month. But can you imagine if we started over here and you did two or three, you reached two or three, you told other three or four people what God's doing in your life. You start showing about the power. You see how this thing, how God created it, how it is supposed to be almost like a domino effect in the name of Jesus. Hey, church, are you ready to be equipped? It starts with our walls of religion being crushed in the name of Jesus. You say, oh, well, Scott, well, that's easy. Let's just do it right here. Hey, it's harder than what just saying. It's harder than just saying it. Because we have been battling against the culture of religion for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. You see, Peter and John do this amazing thing as the kingdom of God, the culture of God starts to sweep across the world. They do an amazing thing. Everyone is jumping from joy and people are paying attention and they're wanting to know what's going on with this lame man. Peter and John, what is it that's going on with you? But immediately as God shows off, I like to think that this happened next on a Monday. As soon as God showed off, the culture of religion swelled up and tried to squash every thing that was going on in God's kingdom right here. And listen, there's some things going on in your life that the culture of self and the culture of religion are trying to squash. I'm just going to call it like I hear it. There are going to be some of you going to lunch today with people who are a part of the culture of religion and they are offended by what God is doing in your life. You continue to speak life. You continue to speak truth. You continue to give God praise in the name of Jesus. They are going to try to squash everything that God is doing in your life and you stand up with confidence because you're a child of God and you tell them, what your father is doing. Amen? We agree on that? Because here it comes. This man is healed. God is showing off. And this man encounters the culture of religion in the very next breath. Look at Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and it says this in the first verse. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests... And the captain of the temple, let me just stop right there. Man, if you've, man, like you, if you've ever been to church, you've met a captain of the temple before, haven't you? And they're usually not very nice, are they? Like, let's pray for the captains in the temple to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and to encounter Jesus, and they will no longer want to be somebody in the church. You see, Jesus' culture tells us that we get lower and lower. And my back feels so much better, man. I just bent over for the first time. About, he, we get lower and lower and lower and lower. That's the culture of God. 
You're not trying to elevate yourself in God's kingdom. But in religion, man, because self is at the core, you're going to fight tooth and nail to exalt your position and your name and you want to be higher so that you can lord over everyone else. So, so this guy who was healed and Peter and John and some of the other onlookers, they ran into the culture of religion. They ran into self. I had, a, I had a church captain one time back at my first church in Moxville. And uh, don't worry, she's not going to watch this. Um, she wrote me off a long time ago. But she was a captain of the church, and she had been telling some lies about me. And so what I did is I just had to go confront her. And it was one evening, and her whole family was in her house having dinner. And so I walked on her porch, and I knocked on the door. And she sent one, someone to the door, and she said, Scott, we're having a family dinner. And I said, well, it's okay. I'll wait out here until y'all are finished. I'm not leaving until we set this straight. She said, came back. She said, Scott, if you don't get off my porch, I'm going to call the law. I said, well, go ahead and call them. I said, it's going to look pretty bad, you having your pastor arrested. So I stood up to her, and we cleared those lies. And can I tell you today that, that she's no longer the captain of that church? Because let me just tell you something. For those of you who are wanting to exalt your name, I can promise you, it's a lot easier just to be humbled than have God send something that will humble you, okay? So if you're here today and this core of self is just raging inside of you and like you're mad at me right now for just saying some of these things, hey, listen, right now, just, just accept humility. Just accept it because God loves you so much that he will allow anything to come your way to humble you. The culture of religion happens here in Acts chapter 4. Let me just start over. And they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, can I just tell you something? That, that doesn't make sense to me, does it you? Like these guys are talking about Jesus and the resurrection and they're talking about life and how you can have it more abundantly. They're just bragging on Jesus and the people of the church are the ones who are getting irate because they were telling lost people about the power of God. But you see, it makes perfect sense once you understand the culture of self and the culture of religion. You see, the wall is great down here in our region. The wall is way higher than you are naturally able to see over it. The wall of self, which masquerades itself around in the church world as the culture of religion, is really high and it needs to be broken down today. You see, God and I have gotten closer than I've ever been before. Like, I hear things and I see things from God that I've never seen in my past. The Holy Spirit came upon me about three years ago and it has changed my life. In January, I started to pray with a group of men and this church has become a church of prayer. That changed my life even more. Now to the point where I am okay saying in a group of men that I want to be intimate with God. Now, I know that sounds sissy to some people, but I am okay with sounding sissy for the kingdom of God. I am longing to be intimate with God. 
and I wish I knew what all that looked like, but I don't. I am trying to take intimacy with my wife and turn it over here to what it looks like to be intimate with my father. But I have found that as I am intimate with a father, he shows me things and he says things to me that I have never heard or seen before. There are some amazing things that are falling on many of the people that are leading this church at Hope City. Pastor Bradley has changed um, as much as any person I've ever seen in the last couple of months. I have seen him now drawing out in detailed pictures what God is showing to him. See, I was in my office the other day, and it was a beautiful day. It was unbelievable, and I don't even know what the weather was like outside. And I just said, God, this is so good being in your presence. And he gave me a visual, a picture, and I just drew it down. If you can imagine in your mind what it would look like to take a big rock and throw it into a pond, as soon as that rock hits the pond, there are ripples that start to happen. And so we tried to capture it here with this picture behind me to show you what I feel like God was saying to me and to some of you here this morning. There are some of us here who are happy with our relationship with Jesus. We know that we are forgiven of our sins. We know that we're heaven bound and we are content with that. But can I tell you that that is the culture of religion. That's as far as culture of religion wants you to go. Because my God and your God has so much more in store for you that you don't even know. And the reason you can't see it is because you are in the middle ripple and there is a wall of water or whatever your material wants to be. There is a wall that is built and you think that this environment is good when God has more in store for you way out there than you could ever imagine. But the first thing that has to happen is we have to bring this wall crumbling down. And so this is what I saw. I saw this, and this is where we as self operate, because self is all about self. But God is wanting us today in his presence to understand, and I'm going to go as far as to say that he is wanting to show some of you today what his kingdom has in store for you here on this earth. You see, our screen is not big enough. Our screen could not extend all the way down. I don't even know what direction that is, but it could not extend far enough to show you all of the ripples that are in God's kingdom. And he is wanting to take us way beyond this to show us what he's got in store for us there. You see, that is where God's kingdom operates some of us have fallen for the destruction and we have settled for so much less all because it's safe and predictable and secure over here on this side of the wall God's kingdom If I can go back to that slide, I want you to see it one more time. God's kingdom is about generosity. It is about giving away its power. You see that? There is a test for you right there. In everything you do, this is the test. Here at Hope City, everything that we do, 
everything. When we hire someone, and God forbid if we have to fire someone, we operate from this. It is always kingdom first, and then his people second. And then the third is Hope City. And then a very distant last is you or me or I. That's just how we operate. But the kingdom of self or the culture of self, show this one, the next one, it shows this is how it operates. Religion or self fights to defend its actions and its authority. The next time you have an encounter and this needs to process through your mind. Am I trying to defend my authority or am I trying to give what God has given me away? This will change your life. You see, I don't know what first step is to reach the southeast, but I know that it's going to have to look like this. This is going to have to be crushed in Jesus' name and the kingdom of God is going to have to prevail. But here's the best news of all. The next slide, please, in order is this, that God's kingdom, it can't be stopped. It can't. And that's good news. Like, that's good news. Because man, for hundreds of years, has fought to defend its authority, but the kingdom of God has just continued to move forward. You see, here's what scares me. If you want to know what scares me is that I or we, Hope City, will miss the Holy Spirit's movement. I don't want to miss an ounce of what he has in store for us. I don't want to stay in the center little ripple. I want to get out a million miles down the road to the ripples out there that we're seeing dead people raised. We're seeing lame people walk. We're seeing deaf ears open. We're seeing thousands of people saved. We're seeing hundreds of thousands of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. But man can get in the way. But the good news is that the kingdom of God cannot be stopped. Look at Acts chapter 4. You say, well, how do you say that, Scott? What's in the fourth verse? These religious people were trying to do their best to squash it. But look at verse 4. It says, but many of those who had heard the word believed. And the number of men came to about 5,000. Even though self and religion was trying to crush the movement of God, it did not prevail. The kingdom of God can't be stopped. I just want to be a part of it. And I want you to be a part of it. 